this morning, um, I'm in a, I've entitled the message, Unbeatable Forces. Uh, I think a lot of you know from years ago, I loved Iron Man. Uh, I'd love one of those suits, land and just go, and the guy's up. I think Iron Man's so cool. Who thinks Iron Man's cool? Okay, six of us, eight of us, ten of us. That's awesome. Okay, the others are sitting with a smile like, really? Okay. But you know, weird things do happen in life. And um, have, have you ever noticed how strange mornings are? Hmm? Um, the weirdest things happen in the, in, in the morning. <laughs> you know, you go to bed at night, and you go to bed, why? To sleep. And you turn over and you're going to forget the day. You're going to forget the day's problems. Your mind has to rest. Your heart has to rest. Your emotions. You need sleep. God created sleep. And you go to sleep. And you, you sleep. And you wake up in the morning. Oh, you know, sort of get out of bed. You know, sort of, if you can. <laughs> roll out. And um, strange things happen. Somehow, especially if you're married or you're together, you, you, you want to review the whole night's sleep. Like you'll wake up and say, morning, honey, how did you sleep? And then she'll say, oh, well, you know, uh, I didn't have such a good night, and I was really thirsty. I was thirsty in the night. And you say, you're funny. I was thirsty too. She says, well, I got up and I got a glass of water. And you say, gee, if I knew you got up and what I would have had a sip of yours, I was just too tired to get up. And yeah, we discuss the whole night's sleep, you know. And... Um, and you say, I think the food last night must have been a little too salty. Mm, maybe that's why we were thirsty, so we didn't sleep so well. <sighs> and then you'll say, yeah, I was hot last night. And she says, no, it was chilly. You say, no, it was hot. She says, yeah, I noticed your foot was out the duvet. How could you have your foot out? It was chilly. And you say, no, but it was hot. And somehow the whole night's sleep has to be discussed and reviewed. And, and then the weirdest thing that happens is if you've ever woken up in the morning, well, first of all, when you wake up in the morning, you say, hello, honey. She goes, where did you get that breath from? <laughs> you brushed your teeth last night. You came to bed smelling like fresh mint. And what happened this morning? But the weirdest thing is, you know, sometimes... I had a weird dream. Do you think you'll be able to tell me what it was? What it meant? No. What was your weird dream? And, and have, you, you know, have you ever had these conversations? Well, you know, it was really a weird dream. It was like, it was like we were in our house. I mean, we were in our house. You were there. Uh, but it wasn't our house. Never had those type of dreams. Mm. Isn't that weird? What happens in the mornings? And somehow... <laughs> when, when she sometimes asks me, she says to me, how did you sleep? I say, with my eyes closed. And then she says, oh, wow, that's amazing. You sleep with your eyes closed. And I say, yeah, I sleep with my eyes closed. I mean, you know. But I wonder, you know, what your morning conversations are about the fast. I wonder if you get up in the morning and say, oh, have I got to go another day without a cup of coffee? Or oh, I can't eat that chocolate. You know, I think your attitude, the way you get up in the morning determines how you're going to handle your fast. You need to jump out of bed and say, I can't wait to sink my teeth into a carrot because I feel like a frisky bunny. 
you know, and get all excited about the fast and, and you know, just, just be excited. And I can't wait to have that tomato and get that acid to clear my system out, you know. So, um, anyway, I just want to say well done to a lot of you who fasted for the first time ever. Some of you we've made seven days. Those who aren't fasting, give them a hand. And if you have fasted, give yourself a hand. Come on, let's just give God a big praise for that. Um, and what I want to say is view the next seven days. You've made seven days. And I've already had people tell me, I might ask them this morning, how much better they feel and whew, you know, how things are happening. And, um, but view the next seven days of your fast. Don't call it a fast. Call it the next seven days. I'm doing this to draw closer to God, to pray more, and to be in touch with him. That's the whole thing of the fast. Remember that scripture from Zechariah where God says, you've fasted for all these years. Have you ever fasted for me, for me? And so we fasting for him. And somehow, um, he, he, somehow, Friday morning, I got up with an expectancy in my heart that I haven't had with the last two fasts. I got up with an expectancy that as we all come in together to fast and pray, God's going to do something awesome this year. Amen. Do you believe that? Then give him praise for it. Come on, let's praise him for it. And um, I, I really do, and I must say, I've had a lot more energy since Thursday because the first three days for me are murder. Okay, first three days are really murder. Uh, I hate my wife because she can just jump up in the morning and say, I'm fasting, and she fasts. I, I've got to suckle through three days <laughs> to get there. But, uh, you know, I, I hate her in the right sense. You understand what I'm saying? I just hate that. You know, I can't do it. But we've already had some testimonies. Um, Shane, do you want to share your testimony about your brother? Um, Shane shared this on Friday. This is awesome. Um, my brother's been without work for over a year now, and he's been one of my main prayer things through this fast and on Thursday he phoned me um, totally out of his line of work he's picked up two painting jobs just like that it's not even his area of expertise but I praise Lord that he's honoring him and he's got him some work Amen isn't that awesome on the prayer list that's what I said if you fasting you must have a motive you must have at least three things besides our prayer plan that you are praying for People you're praying for, something you're praying for, breakthrough you're praying for. Is there anybody else who wants to quickly share? Is there something happened to them on the fast? Molly, so you have deal with it. Come, you can do it. Come. Come tell us. Come up for it. Come, come. Een paar jaar terug het ek hier vast gedoen en ek het die hele 21 dagen gedoen. Dit was vir my baie erg. Ek het rarig slecht gevoel. Allemaal het getuig hoe goed hulle gevoel het, ek het baie slecht gevoel. En hierdie jaar toe besluit ek gaan dit doen. En pastoor het gesê, ons moet dit vir die rechte rede doen en dit is om het vir God te doen. En ek moet vir julle sê, hierdie week het ek en Christo so goed begin en ons spandeer rechtig tyd met die Heere en met ons boekie en dit gaan baie goed met ons. Ek het Elke dag sooibrand, so ek drink een pul vir sooibrand, maar ek het opgehou en daar is geen sooibrand nie. En ek, ek wil net sê, I just want to say what's happened tomorrow is a miracle because she's not 
craving sugar or anything she used to drink. Who feel two liter coca dog Marley and chocolates <laughs> and says the apple cider and coffee and she's feeling better. Who's feeling better now on the fast? There, we've got a good couple of hands up. Isn't that awesome? That's good. We're going to be energized and we're going to be good. Amen. And I want to encourage you this week to really have a motive to deepen your relationship with Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit that, that, that we really need to be in touch with. And, um, you know, over the last few weeks, we've been talking about joy and laughter and happiness and how important it is. And the merry heart is medicine to the bones and why God wants us to be joyful. And um, a friend of mine from the East Rand, who I've known for many, many years, doesn't know what we're preaching, doesn't know what we're teaching. For the first time ever, he sent me a WhatsApp, um, you know, one of these TED things, these TED Talks. And um, I, it was amazing. This chap, Sean Akon, was talking in exactly the same thing. You need to be happy. You need to have laughter. You need to enjoy life. And what a difference it makes. And he said this, we believe successful, then happiness. So we believe if we are successful, we'll be happy. Medicine and psychologists have done studies and have proven the opposite. When you are happy, you become successful. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? That's how our brain works. Now, we got it wrong. And then he says, the brain works the opposite way. Get happy first, and then you will be successful. He says, raise the level of positivity. Now, you know, the Bible talks about us thinking of good things, thinking and speaking good things and confessing good things. And he says, when you raise the level of pos uh, positivity, it creates a, what he calls a happiness advantage. In other words, you'll have an advantage over others in your circumstances because you've got that joy. And listen, he brought in one aspect that the other studies haven't. And, and you know, I'm, I'm gonna, it's, it's so biblical. I want you to hear this. He says, when you do this, it increases your intelligence. Happy people are more intelligent because they think clearer. Mm -hmm. Sad and unhappy people don't. Um, he says it increases intelligence, creativity, which we've heard a lot of, and energy, and 31% more productivity. Happy people are 31% more productive than others. And they did a survey in sales field. And in the sales field, people who are happy and content and at peace bring in 37% more than they used to in sales. Isn't that awesome? And now the Lord says, rejoice. And again, I say rejoice. The joy of the Lord just thinks we know all these things. But he says this, those people will have less burnout. Jesus said, I leave my peace with you. So if we've got peace, we shouldn't burn out. Amen. And it makes you more resilient. So happy people are more resilient. You can stand against problems and issues more. And... <laughs> Just we're going to put a PowerPoint up, but before you do, you know, when, when I saw the list, except one, you might disagree, they were all biblical. And he says, if you do these things for 21 days, now that brings us into a lot of line of what Caroline Leaf says about your brain and changing habits. He says, within 21 days, your brain will be rewired and you'll be a happier person. Okay, can we put them up, Jan? He's typing them quickly. Can I give you the first one? Okay, while he's getting it, the first one is meditation. 
He says, when people meditate, it causes your brain to focus. Okay? Joshua, what, is, what does the book of Joshua say? Let, let, let's just turn there. Um, the book of Joshua, very chap, first chapter, chapter 1. And from verse 6, God says to Joshua, who's got to take over from Moses, be strong and courageous, because you'll lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their fathers to give them. Again, be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law, my servant Moses. Okay? <laughs> all the word of God, in other words. Um, uh, where, where am I? Moses gave you, and do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Now look at verse 8. Do not let this book of the Lord depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. And now medical science and psychologists are proving the Word of God <laughs> in 2020. So the Word of God, deposit, uh, 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 meditating on the Word and spending time meditating does something, it changes you. Now if we go back to the um, PowerPoint, okay, it's processing, there we go. The second thing he calls three gratitudes, which my computer showed up as a spelling mistake. <laughs> three gratitudes, he said, every day for 21 days, at the end of the day, write down three things that you are grateful for. And I thought, it's like the word, you know, remember what God has done. Give him the glory for what he's done, you know. So if you write down three things, and then he says journaling. Now, a lot of Christians don't like journaling. I believe journaling is good. Write things down. He says, in your journal, just write one positive thing, one positive thing that happened to you during the day. And then exercise. Someone said to me, that's not in the Bible. Paul said, exercise profits a little. So you need to exercise. And it releases dopamine, which is a happy chemical in your body. <laughs> so it makes you happy. It makes you more relaxed. Okay? So exercise is good. So after service, um, Tish is going to come lead you in an aerobics class. Okay? <laughs> and then... He speaks about random acts of kindness. This is the word. We've got to be kind. We've got to be generous to one another. And, you know, just, he, he said this, even if you send a WhatsApp or an email that is a blessing and positive to someone first thing in the morning can change their life and change yours. Now, if you look at this list, meditation, meditate on God's word. God said to Joseph, do you want to be successful and prosperous? Meditate on my word day and night. Um, Three gratitudes. It's a scriptural thing. We've got to give thanks. We've got to give praise. A journaling. The Word tells us, write these things down. So we need a journal. So journal one positive thing. And then exercise, you know. That means you've got to move. <laughs> you can't watch the TV and what they're doing on TV and exercising. You don't do it. Okay. All right. Or you can't go past Virgin Active and say, in faith, I'll be there next year. No, no, if you can't afford Virgin Active, walk around the block, jog, chase your dog, clean your garage, sweep your floors, do something, but exercise, amen? And, um, and then random acts of kindness, and I thought, you know, that's all scripture. And the thing is, over and above that, God ensures, and you've got to listen to me this morning, God ensures we will have love, joy, and peace. And you say, how can you say God will ensure that? He says in his word, where does he say it? Well, 
just imagine what we could really accomplish in life and in our own lives if we tapped in all that God has provided for us. God's provided it all. Amen? So I'm going to want to show you a video clip. And it's of a lady celebrating her 105th birthday. Some of you look at me funny when I say I believe I could reach 120. Well, she's 105, still going. <clears throat> she loves the Lord. She loves the Word. She believes in forgiveness. And the first time the interviewer asks her what her secret is, you might not hear her clearly, but she says it again. She says, peace. So have a look at a 105-year-old grandmother. Good to hear from you. Bless you. For a grandmother, or great-grandmother in this case, a phone call from family is one of the best gifts possible. Today, Jesse Jordan is getting many presents and well wishes. No wonder she's turning 105. To be able to sit down and interview a woman with Jordan's life experience is also a gift. Can you come closer? Though it requires leaning in and speaking up a little. What is it like to be 105? It's different because you never know when the next minute is. And Jordan could never have guessed her life would contain so many. Though her room at Shepherd Village isn't big enough to hold all her mementos, it's full of snapshots of the past. Oh, that's my husband. She's long since outlived her husband, though they were married for 68 years. Charles. That's him, yeah. That's the Englishman. <laughs> <laughs> the Englishman that your dad didn't want you to marry. <laughs> Apart from her husband, her other love was swimming, uh, one she discovered as a little there. girl in Dundee, Scotland. Dundee had the it's first true. swimming pool in Scotland at that time, and it was the salt water. It just, it was in the harbour, and right out the harbour. She also had a love of adventure. And that's why at 16, she took a long trip to Canada. Oh, I got a job right away, same week, dipping chocolates. And were you ever tempted to eat them? Oh, I ate them all the time. But Jessie Jordan always kept her figure and stayed active all her life. She only stopped swimming when she was 101. Still, if you ask her the secret of longevity and happiness, She'll tell you one thing. I think peace is more like happiness. Peace. Having peace in your heart. Mm -hmm. Not holding any grudge against anyone. Forgive and you'll be forgiven. And if you don't forgive, you won't be forgiven. Mm -hmm. It's as plain as that. She says that peace comes from knowing God. The Lord is good. Mm -hmm and his mercy endureth forever. Those who have sinned a lot, love a lot, and I love them very much. I've sinned just, we all, we all sin, but I sinned and, uh, and he's forgiven me. And there's forgiveness for everyone who believes that he is the Son of God, who died and rose again. Death isn't something most of us like to think about. Not Jessie. She says she's ready for heaven. Be beautiful. I've been ne nearly there a couple of times. 
and it's not nice coming back. <laughs> Just somebody comes and disturbs me. But heaven will have to wait at least for today when there's a big birthday party to attend. She's an inspiration. She's one that shows you that no matter what your age is, you shouldn't stop doing things. You shouldn't stop being active. She's up helping with the baking group, baking things with the other residents. She comes to church every week. She's knitting. She's doing exercises. She can bring her knees up to her forehead. At 105, it, not many people can do that. It's that kind of inspiration that draws a crowd. Among them, community leaders and even local celebrities. There you go, look over there. Hockey legend Paul Henderson made a surprise appearance for Jordan, a lifelong hockey fan, though she couldn't quite place him. Do you remember a hockey player by the name of Paul Henderson? No, but I have a, my favorite one is. Um... <laughs> Henderson didn't take it personally. He was just happy to play a part of celebrating her life. You know, we're so fortunate to live in this country. And I can't think of anybody that's been more blessed than me. And so I've got a wonderful wife that really encourages us to, you know, what can we give back? What can we, uh, how can we encourage somebody else? And so when you're invited to a 105th birthday party, you shut everything else down and you show up uh, just to be a part of a day. So uh, very, very fortunate guy. At the end of the day, those celebrating Jordan the most are the ones who know her best her three daughters and son. She always had great faith. Um, she had uh, taught us a lot about health, fitness, and she loved us most of all. She's held the whole family together, and that's very important. Taught us to be fearless, fearless, and uh, in a day and age when, when people are so constantly gripped with fear, she taught us to be very fearless. Um, one reason for her preservation, we mentioned that earlier, I would say uh, because she takes charge of her own life. Like she doesn't get it, lead it to anybody even here. Um, she would always say, I will ask you to help me when I need your help, and I'm still waiting. At 105, there are still a lot of things she's able to do, like cut her own birthday cake. For Jordan, it's not the sweetest part of this day. She know that so many people care for me. Sometimes you feel very lonely okay. and not worth anything, you know. You might just as well be gone, but they all wish me a happy birthday. So that makes me happy. Although she can't remember some things, there are other things that have stayed with her all her life. A Psalm of Life by Longfellow is one of her favorite poems, one that's especially poignant as she nears the horizon. Tell me not in mournful numbers, life is but an empty dream, for the soul is dead that slumbers, and things are not what they might seem. Life is real, life is earnest, and the grave is not the goal. Dust thou art to dust returnest was not spoken of the soul. Footprints that perhaps another, sailing o'er life's solemn main, a forlorn and shipwrecked brother, seeing shall take heart again. Let us then be up and doing 
with a heart for any fame, still achieving, still pursuing, learn to labor and to wait. And the waiting is so difficult. <laughs> Happy birthday, Jesse Jordan. In Toronto, Denise Lottie, 100 Huntley Street. So, who's heading for 105? Exercise, be happy, be in the word, forgive. There we go. Amen. Wasn't that awesome? Hey, isn't she amazing? And, um, you, you, you know, sometimes we, we, we battle how to get there. And God has given us these things, as I said earlier, and I, I just want to go through that a little bit with you this morning, because God has provided the way for us to live like that. And I think in today's world, we think it's totally impossible. But if we go um, to the book of Galatians and um, chapter 5, and you, you will see how God has given us something to see us through. Um, Galatians 5.22 says this, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. So we look here and we see that there's a but before that verse. And these verses aren't up in the, on the board, but he's talking about living in the Spirit and our sinful nature. And in verse 19, he talks about the acts of the sinful nature are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, uh, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. He said, I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But, <laughs> but, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, and peace. And those are the first three things he mentions is love, joy, and peace. And that is what the world is striving for. That's what the world is looking for. That's what the world is craving. And sadly, many Christians, many of us don't believe it's possible to live like that. And it just means that we need to understand that it is because God has given us a well of supernatural power that is continually bubbling up within us. The Bible talks about the river of life. Jesus said that from you will flow streams of living water. I mean, streams can only flow if something's bubbling in your heart. Amen? If something is already there. He said, drink of what I have and you'll never thirst again. And so we see that there's this, this, this river flowing. And, and if you look in the Old Testament where the river flows from the throne of God, it says everything will live and be in health. So we need that river. We need that living water. We need the Holy Spirit. Amen? We need more of Holy Spirit. Amen. To be able to have this fruit in our lives. And if you look um, in, in, 
our nation alone, there's power shortages, there's water shortages. But the wonderful thing about being a child of God, there is no shortage of the river of life. There's no shortage of the living water for us. We just need to take it. The Bible says, come and drink freely. So we are the ones that need to drink of it. And then, you know, the power, the power that flows from that is always available to us in every circumstance, in every situation. We have that power in our lives. Uh, just like as, as, as the old lady said, you know, it's, it's peace, it's exercise, it's God's word, it's forgiveness. Those things come through the Holy Spirit in your life. And I want to call um, these forces unbeatable forces, the fruit of the Spirit. Contrary to belief, the fruit of the Spirit aren't just nice qualities to have. Although I must say, people who have them are most delightful. <laughs> people who have them are really cool. But the fruit of the Spirit actually releases supernatural power that comes from God in our lives. And it releases that in us to overcome things and to live a victorious life. Um, if we look at verse, uh, even from verse 16, um, in, in that scripture, it says, so I say, live by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. Just listen to that. Live by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. We battle so often to overcome the sinful nature and all we need to do is live in the Spirit. Amen? Just get the Holy Spirit. Just live in the Spirit. And um, I, mean, I mean, this is so exciting. We, we, we don't have to strive and battle. We just got to live in the Holy Spirit. Amen? Isn't that awesome? Amen? And um, so then it lists everything we're going to do about conflict. He talks about conflict and, and all that and what we do. And then he says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, and peace. And everything that medical science, science, researchers, psychologists, philosophers are trying to tell us today is all there for us in the power of the Holy Spirit. Isn't that awesome? Love, for example, is God's power to overcome any obstacle. Uh, 1 Corinthians 13, 8 says, love never fails. How can we love when we, when we in, 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 in our flesh, we feel we can't? It's when we have this relationship with the Holy Spirit, when that living water, I love the Afrikaans word, the bottle, it, it bubbles inside. Bottle is just like a word. Uh, it bubbles inside of us. Um, uh, you'll be able to love because it's not you, it's the Spirit in you. Amen? And, and, and so it says, love never fails. Joy. Joy fortifies you with supernatural power. I'm telling you, when you start to get weak, you need the joy of the Lord. Nehemiah says in 8 verse, uh, 8 verse 10, the joy of the Lord is your strength. And he's saying this to men who are building a wall, who are facing a battle, who are facing enemies. He says the joy of the Lord is your strength. You, you, you know, when you're facing enemies and things, if you have the joy of the Lord, uh, it's, it's, it's just like to me, you get on a massive horse and you just gallop away. and You, 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 you just go over them. Have you seen those movies where horses go you know, my, my dog is a cross between a pit bull and, and, and a bull bull. And uh, I love to watch him. He's like a horse. He'll run. And you know, I've, I've got two bits of fencing in one part of the back garden because the other dog scratches it and eats it and does all sorts of things with him. And he just comes, and then he just goes over so gracefully. 
And I think, you know, <laughs> that, that's what these things do to us. The Lord says, I prepare a table in the presence of your enemies. You know? And, um, and then joy. Oh, my word. Um, hmm, so important. Then peace. This lady was saying peace. Peace undergirds and helps you. It helps you supernaturally to make the correct decisions. And, and, and philosophers and sciences proving this because God's words did. Colossians 3.15, in the Amplified, I'm going to read bits of it for you. Let the peace from Christ rule in your hearts. Act as un umpire continually in your minds, in your hearts. Deciding and settling with finality all questions that arise in your mind. So when you've got peace, you're going to make better decisions. Amen? And where does that peace come from? It's not natural. It's from the Holy Spirit. And so we need, especially in these next seven days, I know it's got nothing to do that, to, 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 to get in there. And um, the fruit of the Spirit is there to develop our character, our spiritual character, so that we can overcome every circumstance. I want to ask you, if you've got someone walking with you, and they love you, and they've got joy, and they've got peace, doesn't that give you a bit of oomph? Huh? Doesn't that make you feel a bit better? Okay, I've got this person walking with you. They've got joy. They've got love. They've got peace. They got, there's a confidence that comes from that stuff that we need today in the world we're living in. Um, so I want to encourage you. Get to know the fruit. Study the fruit. Desire the fruit. Desire the Holy Spirit. And you will see how your life will change. Um, you, you, you know, when they're singing Happy Day, I, I love that woman who's leading the choir. I wish I could do that step. You know, I mean, she, she's really going it. And I think that's what's happening in our spirits. Our spirits should be wound up, amen, and passionate and going. And it comes through the gifts of the Holy Spirit, all right? Now, I'm sure we'd all love to live a fruitful, happy life. And it's amazing that God's just given it to us. Have you ever walked down an orange orchard? When we first came to Rustenburg, there were still plots here with orange orchards. Love the blossom, smell of the blossoms. Those of us who've been here will remember them. But you know, if you walk down an orange orchard, you don't hear those orange trees saying, I better bear an orange. I better give fruit as an orange. Lord, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. I will produce oranges and not apples. You don't hear that. Why? Because it's an orange tree. Have you ever walked in the cape in the vineyards? Huh? Walk down the vines. What are those vines? They don't do the same thing. They say, in Jesus' name, I will, bear, I will bear grapes. I will bear grapes in Jesus' name. Ah, no weapon formed. No, no, no. You know what? Because they're in the vine, they will produce grapes. Jesus says in John 15, he says, I am the vine, and you are the branches. And, 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 and it's, it's, it's amazing, amazing scripture there. Because in, in John 15, he says, I'm the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch that does, bear, that does not bear fruit. Well, every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, so it will be even more fruitful. But then he says this, If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. 
Church, we don't have to walk around and say, I want to bear fruit. I want to have this peaceful life. I want to have joy. We don't have to strive for it. We don't have to push for it. We just need to abide in the vine. We just need to abide in Christ. And we will bear that fruit. You see, so often we, we want to do things in our life and we want this and we, we want to be the person of love and joy and peace and we strive. No, no, just abide in Christ. Just abide in Him. Does that make sense to you this morning? You, you, you see in John 14, um, where we? Verse 16. It says, and I will ask the Father and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. And in the Amplified, it calls him the counselor, the one who will be on standby, our advocate. You, 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 you know, the one word for that word, standby, is one who walks alongside you. Yeah, the Holy Spirit wants to come and walk alongside you. He's in you. He wants to walk alongside you. And the Holy Spirit is love, joy, and peace. That's his fruit. Church, we don't have to strive for these things. Some of us are so, we've got to do it in Jesus' name. I will. No, no, just abide in the vine. Just abide in the vine. Just get into Jesus. Spend time with the Holy Spirit. Spend time walking with him and talking with him. Um, in, in, in John 15 and, and, and verse 26, he says, when the counselor comes, that's the comforter, the, uh, the one who counsels you, he comforts you, he's your standby, he's your advocate, whom I'll send you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who goes out from the Father. He will testify about me. We need, or can I put it this way, how often don't you feel you just wish there was someone <laughs> coming alongside you that could spur you on with love, joy, and peace? Hey, Do we feel like that sometimes? I just wish they'd be, but we have, we've got the Holy Spirit. And church, we must not neglect the Holy Spirit. Amen? It's Father, Son, and Spirit. Jesus said, it's better I go that the Spirit comes. And, and, and how awesome is that? I mean, you don't have to worry in a situation where you're trying to forgive and you're trying to live. You just come into the Holy Spirit. And, and Lord, I receive it in faith in Jesus' name. I, I live in you. You spend time at his feet. You pray in the Spirit. And guess what's going to happen? You're going to be able to love. <laughs> Amen. Well, I need some joy. What well, can I tell you something about joy? Sometimes you've got to fake it first. Some people are so miserable and mislook. Well, oh, I've got no joy. Well, fake it. <laughs> Start saying, the joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Ha, 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 You know, we used to sing that chorus. And you know what? Somehow you start getting happy. Amen? You know? Come on. You know? Sing jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Woo-ha. I've got the Holy Spirit in my life. He's riding with me today. Whatever you like. You know, but 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 just make yourself, and, and before you find it, before you realize it, you'll be praising the Lord, and and you'll be joyful, and and you trust in the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, come now and do your work. You know, that's basically what you've got to do. Come before the Holy Spirit, and Lord, do your work now. Amen. But He wants to see if we'll take the first step. Amen. He wants to see what we're going to do, but we got to abide in Him. Um. <laughs> you know, a lot of people say, well, 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 Pastor, that's not me. I'm not that type of person. 
Is that the flesh you or the spirit you? Because <laughs> the flesh you might not be like that, but the spirit you is that. Amen? That is the spirit life. Um, uh, you, you know, this is a good one for you guys on the fast as well. And, John, I don't know, maybe you can find it first so they can see it. Romans chapter 14. And um, <laughs> Romans chapter 14 in the NIV in verse 17 to 18. And, and in this chapter, he's talking about what food you should eat and what food you shouldn't eat and what you should eat and what you shouldn't eat. And then he says in verse 17, for the kingdom of God, will you say kingdom of God? He says, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking. The Amplified says, after all, the kingdom of God is not a matter of getting the food and drink one needs. That's a good one for the fast, isn't it? Yeah? The kingdom of God is not about my eating. But he says this, <laughs> but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. That's the kingdom of God. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Come on, doesn't it make you excited? That's all I've got. That's, that, that's mine. That's a, he says, because anyone who serves Christ in this way is pleasing to God and approved by men. How many of you want to be pleasing to God? I'm sure we all do. We're sitting here. How many of you want men to prove? Yes. Hey, that's a good fellow. You know what it is? It's righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Spirit. Come on, guys. Get a bit excited. <laughs> Amen. You should be wanting to jump out your seats and shout, Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Yeah, you should get excited about this stuff. That's mine. It's not what I eat and drink. It's righteousness, peace, and joy in the whole. And I don't think we've actually realized what joy does to you when you're in the Holy Spirit. You become so as a donkey. You don't know yourself. You do things you don't know, but it's fine. It's for the kingdom of God. Amen. Amen. One of these days, Peggy will be swirling and dancing up here in the spirit. Can you imagine that? It's possible if we get full of joy. So you see, I, I want to ask you, does, does the word of God say that we are ambassadors for the kingdom? So an ambassador from Canada will come here and he represents everything Canada is. Is that right? If we, he's ambassadors, <laughs> we should be Showing the world righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Spirit. The church should be the most joyful place. Amen. And I'm not talking about hype. I'm not talking about, you know, hype it up and do it. I'm talking about we should come in here so joyful. I'm his ambassador when someone meets you, you know. Uh, when you're going to meet someone for the first time, and I'm going to meet Steve for the first time, I'm going to say, oh, Steve, are you, are, you, are you a sinner? Are you this? You know, is he going to love me? No. Am I representing God's kingdom? No. We've come and say, hey, Steve, you're the best. God made you crazy. I'm so blessed to meet you today. I'm full of joy. Amen. Wouldn't that change the world a little bit? Wouldn't it just bring a different flavor in the world? Hmm? And then the storms come and you've got peace. I sat in a meeting the other day with two other pastors and there was a, something about someone who started a church here and they were discussing it and the issues. And then they looked at me and they said, you look so peaceful. I said, I am. I'm at peace. If he wants to do that, we pray for him. But I've got peace. Peace like a river. Huh? Isn't that so awesome to have peace? You don't have to get all... 
you know, when you haven't got peace, you kind of look ugly. Sorry to tell you that, but you really do. But when you've got peace, you know, so there's things coming up against me. God's for me. Who can be against me? Amen? He prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Amen? You see, we just need to get this in, 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 into our heads that, that we need more of the Holy Spirit so that we can live in love, joy, and peace and perhaps live to 105 plus. Who knows? We're ambassadors for God. What are we showing the world? If you lack the Spirit, you need the Holy Spirit. Amen? I'll be ever grateful to my mom who used to walk around singing hymns and choruses during the day even if there was conflict in the family, and none of you families have conflict, so, sorry, our family had conflict sometimes. In the middle of great conflict or great joy or great peace, my mom would walk around singing, blessed assurance, what a friend we have in Jesus, trust and obey for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus. But one chorus that I often heard her sing so often, and a lot of us older ones might know it, and actually Elvis Presley recorded this whole hymn. He did a lot of religious songs, actually. And she used to sing, and he walks with me, and he talks with me, and he tells me I am his own. And the joy we share as we tarry there, none other will ever know. And for you young people, tarry means to linger longer. Terry means you're on the way down to Cape Town and you stop in Bloemfontein and you spend longer there than you wanted to but you do nicer things. It means you, you're expectant of something, you stay in a place. And so she knew this and he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me I am his own. And the joy we share as we tarry there, none other will ever know. Can I encourage you? To get that joy, you need to tarry with Jesus. You need to spend more time at his feet. And I never knew how my mom kept her cool in a lot of situations. But as I look back, I know when we walk with the Lord in the light of his word, what a glory he sheds on our way. There was another hymn. And of course, there was trust in the way. You see, when we walk with the Lord... In the light of his word, what glory he sheds on our way. Church, we have to walk with him. Every moment of our day has to be with him. We've got to be so acutely aware of his presence every day. Can I tell you that love, joy, and peace is actually your divine destiny? That's the divine destiny God has for you to live in love, joy, and peace. Isn't that awesome? Hmm? Is that amazing? So different from the world. Hey. Well, I want to tell you, you can be a happy chappy. You can be more intelligent, more energetic, more productive, and live a life if we ask the Holy Spirit to fill us and come into our hearts. I cannot think, church, of anything greater then in any situation, in any storm, in anything you're going through, is to have the fruit of the Spirit in your life. Love, joy, and peace, righteousness, gentleness, goodness, mercy, long-suffering, patience. So I want to encourage you this morning, especially as we're fasting, 
to ask the Holy Spirit to come fill you afresh. And, and the word says this, repent, be baptized, and be filled with the Holy Spirit. <laughs> repent, be baptized, and then he doesn't say repent, be baptized, and then sickle on your own. He says, repent, be baptized, and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Why? Because when we've got the Holy Spirit filling, we're fueled for everything in life. Amen? We're just fueled for it. Now, maybe, maybe in our busyness, often the Holy Spirit gets put aside and we'll pray and read the Word. And that's good. Don't stop. But do we spend that time? Do we turn our eyes on Jesus? Do we focus on Him? And, and, and I, I actually was going to bring a message on the fasting this morning. And the Lord said to me, I need my spirit. I need my spirit. The word says it's not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. You can't overcome all the earthly things you're facing without the spirit of God. You can't overcome it without the joy. You, you know, you're having a hard time at work. The, the Bible says, count of pure joy. Hallelujah. Woo-hoo. I mean, Lord, I praise you and I worship you. I'm joyful in the such because you're working something in my life. Amen? <laughs> Amen? Huh? Your kids are driving you crazy or your parents are driving you crazy or you're both driving each other crazy. Hallelujah. I've got peace like a river, Lord. Amen? I can love them despite what they're doing. Amen? I can love unconditionally because it's a love that flows from the Spirit of God. Church, we need it. Amen? <laughs> and I know to some of you this is nothing new, but I, I, I want to ask you, what are you wanting to live your divine destiny in 2020? Then you need the Holy Spirit. You know, we look at the gifts, and the gifts are fine. The gifts of the Spirit are wonderful. They're there to encourage and edify. But you know what? It's the fruit, something that comes from you. That counts. And it's ours. You don't have to sweat for it. You don't have to, I don't know, climb a mountain for it. <laughs> you don't have to know from Genesis to Revelation for it. The word says, just ask. Jesus said, just come. All you are thirsty, come. And so I want to ask you this morning as we start this year, if you're thirsty, won't you come? <laughs> I remember being with a missionary before we were just now even married, and we've been uh, married 43 years now. And um, I went with a missionary to Witsizuk, which is where the old Natal and Cape and Transvaal met. And we stayed on Mr. Little's farm. And great missionary meetings there. But one day we went for a walk up the Drakensberg, and the sun was on it. On us, and who knows, it gets pretty hot. And so eventually, we saw a beautiful stream. And because we were two guys, we could take everything off and jump under this waterfall. And we just felt refreshed. We felt so good. The water was freezing, and the darkness was freezing, but it was so refreshing. And now, I think God wants some of you to do, He wants you to jump in the river this morning. I think He wants you to get under that waterfall. I think he wants you to get under that flow of the Holy Spirit. I think he wants you to be refreshed and renewed. Amen. And then live this year like that. I just put this prayer down in my study as I was preparing. I simply said, Holy Spirit, 
fill me afresh right now. <laughs> I ask in Jesus' name. And I want to tell you, you are something like that. You mean it from your heart. It's like kickstarting something. I felt this. And then I said, Holy Spirit, let your fruit be evident in my life so I can be a good ambassador. And then I said, I desire love, joy, patience, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, meekness, and self-control to develop in my life. Holy Spirit, I open my life to you. Fill me to overflowing in Jesus' name. And I tell you, something's changed in me since I've done that. <laughs> I just feel so good. In the fast. So I wonder this morning, if is anybody thirsty? If we all just close our eyes and if you want, if you're thirsty and you want this, you want that love, joy, and peace, and you want that strength, you want sure everything we've spoken about this morning. Why don't you just say after me, Holy Spirit, fill me afresh. Right now I ask in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, let your fruit be evident in my life. I desire love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, meekness, and self-control to develop in my life. Holy Spirit, I open my life to you. Fill me to overflowing in Jesus' name. I want us just to stand and just sing this song. You know, church, sometimes as we start here, we just need to turn our eyes on Jesus again. Why don't you stand and, and just let's sing this together. Look for it. 